time. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Cats come in all looks, and some feline breeds date back centuries. Our first guest today travels the globe as a renowned all-breed cat judge for the Cat Fancier Association. And later in the show, we're going to talk with a gal who is like a two-legged GPS. She is in the business of getting pets safely transported from here to there. First up, give pause and applause to my friend and a friend to all felines, Kathy Black. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you. Always a pleasure to see you, Arden. And we are talking cats. For those of you watching it on YouTube, we have a doggy designee. You want to introduce your pal? This is my first dog. This is my COVID acquisition. <laughs> and this is Destiny. Hi, Destiny. A I love toy you. poodle. She weighs about six pounds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Hey, pet pals, if you're into playing cat trivia, you do need to get Kathy on your team. She knows amazing facts about all cats. And we're so glad you're on the show today. So we've introduced you. She is an all-breed cat judge for the oldest cat registry on the planet, the Cat Fancier Association. So, all right, quick numbers. We're going to do some numbers. How many official cat breeds are there? Well, there's a lot of cat breeds, but our association recognizes 45. Okay, so can you give us a couple of extremes and for in terms of hairiest to I need to put on a coat? <laughs> well, our tiniest breed is a breed currently going through the process of becoming eligible for championship, and that's oh. called a toy bob. Toy bob? A, toy bob is a little tiny breed that has a bob tail. Aww. And then our largest breeds are like the Maine Coon cats, the Norwegian Forest cats, the Siberian cats. Um, <clears throat> these cats were all naturally created to withstand large, uh, harsh environments, cold weather, those kind of things. And, and so those are larger breeds. We're talking, you know, 13 to 18 to 23 pounds, maybe. Okay. So the toy bob is maybe five or six. Five or six pounds. And I think, let me see if I can impress my um, coach, Singapura. That's a small one too, right? Yeah, Singapura did hold the place as the smallest breed until the toy bob came along. Really? And it's, yes, it's taken that spot away from the Singapura. Oh, that's, that's new muse to, to hear. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, I just learned something. You know, what cat about... breeds don't vary as much as dog breeds, but right. we have so much differences between the cats. We have the cats that are mute. Like the Chartreuse, we have the big, you know, cats like the Maine Coons and the Norwegian Forest cats. We have the fancy cats like the Persians, the little teddy bears like the exotics. 
or the really exotic cats like the Bengals or the Egyptian mouse or the Aussie cats that are naturally spotted. So there's a wide range of cat breeds. There's something for everybody. I, I like that. Now, we got to get to the bare truth, the naked truth. Which cats really could use um, a sweater? <laughs> Well, I would say the Sphinx is the number Sphinx? one. Okay. We we do call them the hairless cat. They're not hairless. They feel like a peach. Really? Uh, I, I call it a suede hot water bottle. There is a little <laughs> bit of coat there. They're required to have coat on their face and on the extremities, which is okay. Uh, but they um, don't have the coat to insulate them. And they also don't have the coat to distribute the oil. So, People think that, oh, I don't have any hair. I don't have to groom these cats. These cats require extra grooming because you have to get that oil that's naturally produced in the skin off the skin because it's just going to sit there on the skin. Ooh. And they're wrinkled. So like any wrinkled breed, you've, got, <laughs> yeah, you've got to take care of cleaning out your wrinkles. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's actually a good tip. We're, you know, we're talking with Kathy Black. She knows all cat breeds. She's a pretty nice lady. And... You would think, oh, I have no hair, so I have no maintenance. But you just brought up the point that what's another type that might have a little bit more uh, need us to help them? You said the Sphinx. Is there another? Well, well, the ones that can get cold are like the Cornish Rex and the Devon Rex. Those cats do have coat. They have no on or guard hair. They just have the undercoat. Okay. And, and like any cat that sheds seasonally, they lose the undercoat. Right. You don't right. lose the guard hairs. You lose that undercoat, the thickness to the coat. So that seasonally, they could require a little extra clothing or something to a little more, you know, pay a little closer attention to their their needs because they don't have as much coat covering their body. They generally get a little naked around the throat, the yeah. neck area, maybe the shoulders, you know, just where cats lose their coat generally. And then in the wintertime, they put on those big ruffs if they're long-haired or they get a lot thicker if they're a short-haired cat. That's because all that undercoat comes back in. So those breeds that have the Rex gene uh, just What's have the undercoat. Rex, R-E-X. Okay, Rex. see? I so just we have the so let me Rex, just the ask Devon you. Rex, the Cornish Rex. You are, I think this is hilarious because you have two different um, talents. You are an amazing person that helps people get good insurance for Medicare coverage. So you're that insurance person, but a nice one. She helped me out, everybody. But you're also an all-breed cat judge, and you travel all over the world. So I'm just curious as a kitten, when you're sitting next to somebody on an airplane, do you say if you don't want to talk to them, you're an insurance person? Or do you say, but what happens when you say you're a all breed cat judge. I would assume that would just pump up a conversation. <laughs> you got two choices. <laughs> well, I kind of uh, introduce it this way. I have my job that helps me earn a living. Okay, that's selling insurance to people who need it. Um, and then my job on the weekends is to go judge cats. So yeah. one pays the bill, the other one, I, you know, is my enjoyment and my travel. But do you got to admit, if you said you are an all-breed cat judge, that opens, that's like a conversation opener, right? Well, the first thing people say was they don't know there were cat shows. And oh, you're kidding. No, because cat shows don't get on TV. They're not like the dog shows. We don't parade the cats around. and the, They don't the, go on the, catwalks? <laughs> no, and we don't do it. We do have agility, but we don't do agility like the dog agility. Um, 
And so the sponsors think that the cats are boring, so they won't put us on TV. So 99% of the people I talk to and I tell them I judge cats, they always say, I never knew there were cat shows. And so they're, and I didn't know there were cat shows until, you know, I read about it in Cat Fancy Magazine back when it was called Cat Fancy Magazine. So, it's now called Catster for anybody. Yeah, Catster. So, um, so yeah, there's cat shows that happen all over the world. There's multiple associations that do the registry and, and are the backbone behind those shows. And um, so, you know, so. Well, let me ask you this. Animal husbandry has been in, you know, yeah. around forever. I, I have mutt cats, you know. I got my ginger boys, Rusty and Casey. Um, I had a Siamese growing up. I loved Corky. He swam in our backyard lake and would catch bluegills faster than my dogs, Crackers and Peppy. Cannot make up these names. (laughs) So I'm asking you, you all represent the cat breeds, but you also are champions of all cats. Can you tell us? We got about a minute before the break. What what does CFA do, do that makes it stand out when it comes to feline help? Well, of course, it was originally started as a registry for the pedigreed breeds, but our constitution says it is for the welfare and benefit of all cats. And we have a program called Companion Cat World that I helped start a couple years ago, and it's a way to recognize the non-pedigreed cat. And it's a one-time fee of $13, and 10% goes to a local shelter. So you can check it out on CFA's website, Companion Cat World, but it's our way to help recognize the non-pedigree cat as well as the pedigree, because all cats are important. Hey, everybody. We're talking with Kathy Black. She's an all-breed cat judge with the Cat Fancier Association. We're going to talk more with Kathy after we take this break. So you know the drill. Sit and purr. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. Did you miss us all? This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. I'm having a great time talking with my good friend and all know all things cats, Kathy Black. And we were getting into the mission of Cat Fancier Association. And that one is to help all cats. And we talked about the companion cat world. There's a household cat division at cat shows. And about a year ago, you were my personal tour guide to a cat show in Mesquite, Texas. And I think you said I look like a kid in a candy store. Is that a typical? Like a kid in a candy store. (laughs) Is that like a typical response though, for somebody that doesn't really know what it is? The people that come to the cat shows are just enamored because number one, a lot of people think there's only three breeds of cats, Chinese, (laughs) Persian, and tabbies. Oh, and calicos. I'll throw calicos in there. And tabbies and calicos are not breeds. So when they come to the cat show and they see, you know, 15, 18, maybe 20 different breeds, 
uh, that they've never heard of these kinds of breeds. They're slinky and they're long and they're short and they're cobby and they're hairy and they're not, you know, no hair and they're look like a little sheep with sheep's clothing around <laughs> nah. them. But, you know, when they see all the different looking cats, they see all the different colors, all the different patterns. They learn about these breeds and what makes them unique. They're just like you were a kid in a candy store because we all love cats. That's why they come to the cat show is because they love cats. And so when they see all these different breeds, they may find one they fall in love with. Uh, that's what I did. I went to my first show and and just said, I saw my first Somali and I was like, oh, I got to have a Somali. It looks well, like can you fox. tell us? Yeah. What does a Somali look like? And what, what is it about the Somali that 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 captured your heart? Well, they're very colorful. They're, they come in reds, a burnt sienna type color, and they're just dramatic. And then the Somali is a semi-long-haired breed. So it has the rough and the britches and the big fuzzy tail, but that little foxy looking face with these beautiful eyes and ears. And, and I just was smitten by the red <laughs> color, you know, the personality. It was kneading and purring and Licking that tail like a little squirrel, and I just, I just was smitten. You were smitten for those kittens. <laughs> I was. I was like, I gotta have one, and so thankfully there was a beautiful one for sale, and I brought it home and I started showing it. So that's kind of how I got into it. I had a Maine Coon at the time. I always uh, like so them. They look. They, I know they're called the Gentle Giants. Um, they, yes. they, they. To me, nothing really bothers them too much, do they? They're pretty mellow. In They're general. very mellow. You know, in, in, in China, they love the ragdolls. They've kind of adopted really? the ragdoll as their breed of choice. And Japan loves everything American. So the American short hair is always kind of been their favorite cat, especially the silver tabbies. Um, in Europe, you have the British short hair. And, and mainly, I think the exotics have kind of taken over in Europe. So what's um, the difference between a British short hair and an American short hair. Did the purr have a little bit of a British accent? Is it meow chap? <laughs> no, that's a very good question. The American short hair is our North American domestic short hair breed. And the British short hair is the British naturally occurring breed, short hair breed of cat. And it used to be called British blue because it only came in the gray color. Okay. Uh, but then when they accepted all the other colors, they changed the name. So the coat's different, the head is different, the body is different. They're, they're very different cats because they develop on different continents. I know you've mentioned that she's dropped out some China, Japan, Europe. I just imagine your passport must be well stamped. I've been very fortunate. I haven't traveled near as much as some of our judges, but I've been fortunate to travel all over Europe. And I've been to China over a dozen times. You know, and what amazes me about China is... Like you'll go to a city called Shangqing. Have Chunky? you ever heard of Shangqing? No, I thought you said Chunky. No, Shangqing. And Shangqing has 30 million people. A city of 30 million people. And yet we've never heard of it. And there's all kinds of cities like that in China. There are huge cities. I mean, there's more people in Shanghai than all of Canada. So, wow. you know, so um, every city is different. My favorite um, of course, I love the Panda Park in Chengdu. And, uh, you know, so it's a beautiful park with just pandas, re regular pandas of red pandas. Uh, it's a beautiful park, well manicured and beautifully nice. uh, laid out. Uh, but Xi'an, seeing the terracotta soldiers was just, a, it's just crazy that 
some emperor thought he had to build an army for the afterlife of millions of clay soldiers. And, really? But, and they that makes Legoland that. look pathetic. Oh, and then they all got broken, and so they had to put them all back together again. So every one of these thousands and thousands and thousands of horses and chariots and soldiers and all the wow. different horsemen and the you know they're all different. They have different hair, they have different faces, <laughs> different clothing. That's um, detail. And they had to put them all back together again. It's like it's like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, but uh, yeah. ten thousand times. Wow. Um, well, so let's talk about other places. So China sounds really magical. You said Japan loves American breed cats. I wonder why. They love everything American. They just have. They just oh. love everything American. And 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 uh, what about the Japanese bobtail? Well, that actually they are considered street cats. And really, so the Japanese bobtail was brought from street cats running loose in Japan to America and started as a breed in America. I did yeah. not know that. Okay, yeah. let's go. Let's go to Europe. Europe for two hundred. Kathy Black. What are a couple of real popular cat wow. breeds there? Well, I just love Europe. I love old churches. Um, you know, Bruges has horse-drawn carriages running through the cobblestone streets with little ladies sitting in the window making lace. I mean, it's just there's a lot of Rome. Seeing parts of Colosseum walls and mm -hmm. pillars laying around like with Roman days. You know, but the breed of cats, uh, the exotics have got to be number one in Europe. They love the exotic breed. They have some beautiful persons. Why do you think that is? Over there, too. <laughs> I think some famous breeds, some very well-known breeders that really put a lot of work in, got some beautiful lines from all over the world, created just spectacular cats. And, and they had long-haired exotics for many, many years. And, and CFA finally accepted the long hair exotics mm -hmm. and because a Persian breed yeah. had some health problems and they were spaying and neutering too many of them. And so by accepting the long hairs, because um, exotic was created from the Persian. Okay. Uh, so, so it kind of helped expand the breed and keep it going. So now the long hair and the short hair are both shown uh, and judged separately or scored separately at least. And, um, but there's, well, let me, yeah. Let, yeah, we got just a few seconds left. Why do you think it's a good time now to be a cat? The medicines, the veterinarian care, the knowledge of people treating them like the, the, they, you know, the care they deserve to be treated with. They, every cat is unique and every cat is special and it should live a life of luxury on a pillow. And, <laughs> um, you know, and I just think that uh, the cats, there's no better time to be a cat because you know, people are home more, people travel. A cat is a perfect in apartment or in the country. Um, you know, they're okay. perfect in the situation you want to put them in. They're going to adapt. They're going to love you as long as you take good care of them. They'll be with you for 15 to 20 years. That's true. Yeah. Hey, um, we're speaking with Kathy Black. She's an all-breed cat judge with the Cat Fancier Association. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to speak with guest number two, and her name is Laura. Boy, she's got a lot of vowel, a lot of uh, Z's in her name. Sezowitz. She is the manager of Blue Collar Pet Transport Services. So stick around. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You need even more Arden Moore? We're online at fourleggedlife.com. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Um, our next guest I actually met in a pet first aid class. Uh, yes, I'm a master certified uh, pet first aid and CPR instructor, and she was one of my students. She aced the two-day extensive training program to become an instructor with the very, very um, esteemed Pro Pet Hero program. So during class, you get to know your students, and I discovered she is actually steering pets into welcoming homes and helping pets get from here to there. She's the manager of the Blue Collar Pet Transport Services based in Florida. So toot your horn, clap your hands for Laura <laughs> Sufchek. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much. I want to go honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. It makes sense with the pet industry, huh? The transport. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. So tell us a little bit because we are quite a mobile society and we're going to find out that you aren't just limited to the continental U.S., but we need your services, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the pet transport industry is basically new. Um, so the great thing yeah. is with Blue Collar, we're kind of setting that standard, which we'll go into a little bit later. But yes, people are constantly on the move, especially now with, you know, some of COVID dying down, people are able to move again or go on vacations, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then we, ha we have the military. It's kind of PCS season. So a lot of their families are moving. Wait, uh, wait, so wait, wait, wait. PCS season. I, that's a new one for me. <laughs> it's basically they've got their orders to move to another station at this point. Okay. <laughs> so it's almost like kitten seasons in the spring and the summer must be uh, time to move, soldier. <laughs> time to move, soldiers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, with that being said, your pets have to come with you. They're your family, oh, too. And yes. it's not an easy task. So what we're trying to do is make it easy for you by taking the stress away from you, whether that means setting up, organizing and helping you with your trip and flying the pet or physically doing the move for you ourselves, doing ground transportation or a flight or something like that. So we're just making our way, helping people get their pets, move their family or even purchase new pets. You know, I don't think in, if we ever played a game of Geography Trivia Pursuit, I, I'm not taking you on as an opponent. Can you please be on my team? I bet you know a lot about everywhere from maybe uh, Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine and everywhere <laughs> south, right? Right. Um, all the way up to Canada and then way, way far up Alaska, um, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. And we're starting our international team to help some of those who are in Germany and things like that as well. Wow. <laughs> No, no. Bow wow. So <laughs> how did you get involved in this company? Oh, goodness. Um, so the owner of the actual company, uh, he also has shown and bred dogs all over the world. Do you so want to give actually, a shout out to him? Yeah. Um, Rick Hardy, amazing man. And yes, he's got some amazing dogs under his belt as well. So as we're traveling and showing and doing dogs uh, in our way, uh, we've actually crossed paths that way. 
And okay. both of us have had our fair share of trying to get a puppy to us that didn't go well, or, you know, I had a dog show up sick and we were like, there's gotta be a better way. So he came up with the brilliant idea of doing it his own way. And, nice. you know, over the past, since 2019, we've been executing and building to make it almost the perfect way. It's never perfect, but we're always learning. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, I like when people use their their entrepreneurial spirits and their let's solve a problem attitude to make yeah. something instead of wah, 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 right? Yeah. And then yeah. just to have such a passion because we love pets and we've done it ourselves, we've been able to really answer the questions of the people of how to get this done correctly, smoothly, or even just like stress-free. <laughs> There's different components of your company, the blue collar pet transport. So give us some scenarios. Okay. I just got a job transfer, let's say, and I'm in, uh, in Florida and my job's in Dallas. And I have two dogs and two cats. I'm just giving you a scenario. I have more than that, everybody. So what, give us a step-by-step. -step. How can you help me get, make sure my babies are going to get to Dallas? Absolutely. So first and foremost, bluecollarpettransport.com. There is a free quote section. You just fill out the information, letting us know exactly what you just said to where from, where you're going and what you got for us to move. Um, then one of our sales agents will actually go ahead and contact and reach out to you and really discuss what it is you're doing so that we know if you have a timeline, if you know, budgets, um, your main issue, or if you need it done tomorrow, it's a rush service. So we really like take a few moments to get to know you and know what your pets need and what you need, um, because it's all basically a red carpet personalized trip. So if you're saying and you oh say God, red carpet it is, are my pets showing up in a limo? <laughs> are they in a party van <laughs> what's going on red carpet as in it's like the best you can get it's the okay. shining we try our best okay <laughs> um we do show up in different styles of vans ranging from dodge caravans basically the uh, seats are stripped out and it's empty in the back for the Good. kennels and everything um or there are some larger vans too and they're all ac climate controlled in the rear so that you know if it is hot we can keep it cold back there and if it's hot outside we can keep it a room temperature and keep it comfy for the pets and then as we are speaking to you about your trip and you're like, Laura, I have to move by Friday. I have to be in, you know, in Texas by Saturday myself. What can I do with my pets? Well, we'll try to make it work for you. Since you do have so many pets in your particular instance, we've been looking <laughs> at what's called our, our private ride, Ooh. where you basically rent the vehicle instead of just kind of crate space. Okay. 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 So the private ride is going to just be your pets and it's just one-on-one -on -one service. We have a one-man private and a two-man private. So that one's kind of a pet companion. They get to hang out with your pets. They walk your pets and everything while the other one drives. And it's kind of the fastest service. Okay. And then the normal private, it is just one person. And, but of course, they still take their time, stop, what, let the dogs walk and stretch and use the restroom and things like that. Wow. I'm just imagining all your staff is going to bed at night hearing the, are we almost there yet? Meow, bark. Are we almost there yet? So, um, yes. these, you really, really do screen who's going to be taking the most precious asset we have, our pets, right? Oh, goodness, yes. So all of our drivers go through a 10-year background check and Ooh, driving ten record. Year. Okay. 10, yeah. So they have to have a clean driving record for 10 years as well. Um, besides that, after we go screen and the, the number one question is, do you have pets or do you love pets? If you're a, never owned a pet, like 
pass. We just need someone who has that wholehearted, ready to go to love your pet as we love our own. Okay. Uh, and then they come into me and they get very extensively trained. We have about a two-day program, like A to Z, of exactly how a pet transport's ran and who we are as a company so that they understand that. And then we go into actually training on the road. We took care of pets and um, newly because of you, we're learning CPR and first aid and certifying all of our drivers before they get on the road. <laughs> no, and and I humbly, I've been uh, teaching people pet first aid veterinary approved programs for 12 years all over and different levels. But the two day program that you took is with Pro Pet Hero. My pet first aid company is called Pet First Aid for You. So you saw the importance because our pets don't live in protective bubbles, do they? And there's crazy drivers out there and, you know, things can happen. So why did you say, I think I want to spend 16 hours with Art and Moore and five other folks and, and learn this and, and how are you putting that into to gear? Look, I said gear. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, like you said, like our dogs are not in a bubble and things and incidents can happen. And the more knowledge I have and the more knowledge my drivers have, the safer your pets and everybody else's pets in the world can be when they're with us. And again, we are setting that industry standard. This is not an industry yet. So if we start this standard and we say you have to have 10 years clean record and you have to go through this class and you have to know first aid and CPR for pets, then everybody else that wants to start to do this and become this industry and be a part of this industry, they need to meet that level too. And it's good yeah. to know that we're setting that safe level for pet travel. I really like it. Hey, everybody, <laughs> we're speaking with Laura Sufchak and I got to spell her name. It's awesome. You guys ready? <laughs> Talk about Vanna White. C-Z-E-W-C-Z-Y-K. That's the way we spell Laura. Sufchak. Yeah, yeah, subject. <laughs> and we're going to talk more with her after we take this break. So sit and stay. Hey, welcome back. Oh, come on. We weren't gone that long, were we? This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. We are talking with Laura Sefchuk. She is the manager of the Blue Collar Pet Transport Services, and she is also a newly certified uh, pet first aid CPR instructor. And she has, like she says, has been a lifelong animal lover. She's got cats and dogs. And one of them she has, if for all you YouTube viewers out there, is a cool special cat named Creed. Tell us about this great tabby. <laughs> well, um, he's actually a rescue and I have his sister as well. Um, Wait a minute, you got to say the sister's name. <laughs> <laughs> the sister's name's Meow Meow. Meow Meow. Meow Meow. So basically, you just call her and you. Is that like, like the John you. Smith of feline names? Meow <laughs> Meow. <laughs> okay. All right. Especially if kids name them. <laughs> yeah. So, but what about um, Creed? When we rescued them. They were actually falling out of a vehicle in front of us on the road. Oh my um, gosh. So sometimes mother cats tuck their cats places safe. And this person didn't know, so they were driving. So um, my boyfriend saved them and brought them home. There was a whole litter of them. Um, and we kept two of the litter. 
And we actually found out as this one started to uh, grow and try to walk that he was having different issues. Uh, wow. So once we took him back into the bed and had him rechecked, he's living the good life right now. Oh, man. yeah. Everybody for the radio fans, Creed's getting it under the chin rub right now. <laughs> Loving it. Yes. Um, but he does have cerebral palsy. His back legs do not work. So basically there's something in his brain that doesn't fire and tell his back legs what to do. Um, okay. so, you know, they can kind of zigzag and sway <laughs> his nickname sway. He <laughs> <laughs> seems like a very sweet cat. And thank you so much for giving him a home. You also have a couple of doggies, uh, Tahiti and Stan. You want to give a shout out to? Yeah, those are my babies. Um, I, they were my show dogs. We traveled all over the world. Uh, again, why I know what to do and how to do it right when we're out there. Um, Tahiti is the number one American Staffordshire Terrier in the entire registry in 2019. Woo! Pause up! <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and Stan was number three. So we were doing our thing. We were showing our dogs to the best of their ability, and they went out there and knocked it out, and we love them deeply. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I wanted to get, have a little 411 on your, on your four-legged team, if you would. Getting back to um, the, the blue-collar pet transport, Laura, you help people if they're relocating or moving, but you also help responsible breeders get their puppies, kittens, I guess, safely to folks. Can you talk about that aspect too? Yes, absolutely. So we do have an entire breeder program. Um, and the key word, as she said, was responsible breeder program. Um, so we are teamed up with the AKC. And Nice. There you go, buddy. <laughs> um, so uh, some of our requirements are, as far as breeders are concerned, and to help them, you know, discount and everything like that is to be AKC registered, um, and health tested, health guaranteed certificates, um, all of the things that make people a responsible breeder is very important. So we support that when that is happening. Um, so we do have a special breeder program that uh, allows, you know, us to breed, uh, get with the breeder. And then whenever they're ready and they have their litter, I have cat hair flowing. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad them. Zoom isn't like that. I don't <laughs> spit out my cat hair from your, from Creed. <laughs> But they just give us the call and they're like, all right, we have the litter ready. It needs to go to Texas, needs to go to New York, it needs to go to there. And it just wraps up into their own program. They know us, they trust us, so they can just tell their client who's about to get this wonderful puppy, hey, we know this company, they're ready to go and do this for us and they will be here so-and-so date. <laughs> what, what I like too is because some trips are going to take a while and the pet <laughs> has to stay overnight somewhere. I know we're not talking, you know, going to a five-star hotel, but Talk a little bit about what you do for the pets when they have to stay overnight somewhere. I know they're not getting vodka, top line, top shelf vodka, but they do get purified water. And that's really good because you don't want any doggy diarrhea going 65 miles an hour. <laughs> right. So, yes, um, aboard our transport vehicles, we do supply all of everything for crates. Um, we have purified water on board so that we can make sure that we don't upset tummies. Uh, we do have blankets and things like that. So normally what we ask from our clients is to provide, a, you know, a gallon size Ziploc bag of their food that they're already using and let us know what their feeding schedule is. So again, okay. we don't upset tummies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we have all of that aboard. Um, and yes, they're in their own kennels. They're safe. 
We do stop every three to four hours, let them stretch your legs, use the restroom. We don't walk cats. Sorry, people have asked us. It's just it's a scary <laughs> risk that we're not willing to take. <laughs> yeah, cats can outrun any dog. And uh, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're what we call a flight risk. So um, we have litter boxes in their kennels. We give them one of the larger kennels so they have space with their litter box and their food and their water dish. Uh, nice. So yeah, we really try to make sure they're as comfortable as possible. <laughs> What's been kind of the longest uh, trek maybe that you can recall in the United States and talk about going in the air to places like Hawaii and Puerto Rico? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for the first part, uh, as far as in the United States, Alaska is still part of the United States. Yes. And that is so far. So far. Um, so far. <laughs> so it was 57 and some change hundred miles. So 5,400 wow. and something miles. Uh, and it was, I think, North Carolina, Georgia, all the way to Alaska. And that was quite a haul. So what we ended up doing was put a two-man team on that yeah. so that we can kind of do the swap where one man drives, the other one could rest, and they could swap. And they can keep going as, like, not speed-wise as fast right. as we can, but steadily as we can <laughs> um, to make that trip a little bit shorter. Um, and was and this a fam? What was what, – who was who- – who was being transported? What kind of pets? Do you remember? Oh, we actually had two. One was a 130-pound uh, Great Pyrenees. Wow. And I forgot what the other one was. But, yeah, they were, they were big, big dogs. <laughs> they bring their winter coats because going from North Carolina to Alaska, uh-oh, <laughs> snow. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, um, my gosh. And then as far as overseas and stuff, uh, so Puerto Rico and Hawaii, uh, we do, of course, service and have n- completely nailed down. Like I said, we're still doing other countries and stuff at this point that we're, you know, venturing to. Uh, but for those two, we absolutely have down. If the pet is smaller than 20 pounds and can fit in one of the in-cabin carriers, we will send one of our flight nannies, flight companions, or for the men, they like to be called flight butlers. Flight butlers, <laughs> flight nannies. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. So then they uh, will fly the pet in a bag and go overseas that way. Uh, And then if the pet is over 20 pounds and can't fit in the bag, um, we as a company don't ethically believe in cargo. We don't like to do it. We won't. I don't either. Yeah. yeah, If you want to do it, you can, but we won't do it. (laughs) Yay. Um, Yeah. So we did find two particular airplanes that are like being in cabin, um, except there's no seats. So it's climate controlled, it's pressurized, and it's monitored, meaning someone can see what's going on at all times. Um, so that made us feel comfortable enough to be able to use this company, and we have been for the last two years, and being able to get these dogs uh, overseas one way or another, because we hate for families to be overseas and like Hawaii and be like, but I have a great day, and how do I get it home? This so is have- really awesome. No, seriously. <laughs> What you all are doing, Laura, is is as much needed and long overdue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we're very, very happy about having that plane and that program and able to, you know, offer it. So we've just got a few seconds left. What's some message you want to tell everybody? We're speaking with Laura Sefchuk. She is with the um, bluecollarpettransport.com. Yeah, um, honestly, do your research. You get what you pay for. There are literally Uber of pet transports out there, you guys, that is going to cost $300 to go cross country. That's not the answer. Gas is more expensive than that right now. Oh, so yeah. do your research. Look for IPOTA certified. Look for USDA certified. Look for being first aid and CPR pet certified. <laughs> do your research. Read reviews so that you know that your pet's in good, safe hands on its journey. 
That's perfect. Hey, everybody, let's give pause and applause to Laura Sefchak and the her team over at uh, Blue Collar Pet Transport. You're doing it safely and you're doing it smartly. And our pets are our most priceless asset. That's it for our show today. Thank you all, Pet Pals, for tuning in. I want to give a big shout out to all our stations coast to coast. Let's zero in on KMZQAM in Nevada and WGEM-FM in Illinois. So until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up! Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. 